there, friend. I'm very excited to share with you that enrollment is now open for the Weight Loss for Doctors Only coaching group that starts on July 8th, 2024, which is right around the corner. If you're sick and tired of struggling with food and weight, then it's time to focus on ending that struggle by losing weight permanently and creating true peace and freedom around food. We do that by taking you through our permanent weight loss proven process that has helped over 1,700 women physicians before you. So consider this your sign to learn more about the Weight Loss for Doctors Only coaching program and find out if it's the best next step for you, whether you join for weight loss, weight maintenance, creating peace and freedom around food, or all of the above. So go to katrinaubellmd.com forward slash info to get all the program details and information. Enrollment closes down on Thursday, June 13th, 2024 at midnight Pacific. So head over now to katrinaubellmd.com forward slash info, I-N-F-O. Hope to see you soon in the program. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, MD, episode number 31. This is Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight and feel better so that you can have the life you want. This is the resource you've been looking for to guide you on the journey to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food. Here's your host, Dr. Katrina Ubell. Hey, my friend. How are you? Welcome back to the podcast. Summer is in full swing. How about for you? Have you been traveling a lot? We were just away for the weekend. We like to camp every summer. Last summer was the first summer where it didn't feel super difficult, where we had like a crawling child who we had to give wipes baths to. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? You have a child who's filthy and you just take wipe after wipe after wipe out of the little bag and just that's their bath, right? Clean them all up with that. But last year we had so much fun camping. I mean, it's always a ton of work for the adults, but the kids had so much fun and played together so much and had such a great time. We were really excited to go camping this summer and just the way our weekends kind of played out this summer, we just don't have a lot of availability. So we had this one weekend and it was last weekend and that was our planned time to go camping. We looked months ago at campsites and, you know, these campsites, I mean, God bless people, right? They can plan so far in advance. These campsites can be reserved up to 11 months in advance well, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. (laughs) There's no way I'm able to book something 11 months in advance. So once we figured out what weekend we could do, we went on the site for the place we wanted to go to. And there was really just nothing, very, very little left. But we figured out a spot that we thought would be good. And we really wanted to go to this place because it's only like a 45 minute drive away, but you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. It has a great lake super fun, nice sandy beach. You can walk to the beach really easily. It's got flush toilets, which is very important and showers, which is also equally important. And we just really like it there. And the other nice thing is that my husband can actually take call from this campground, which is so funny. So yeah, so we can just go with two cars. And that way, if he has to leave, 
then he can just go leave. Although I always give him a hard time and tell him if he takes a shower in the nice physician showers there, I'm going to be mad because that's not fair. That's not playing fair (laughs) when you're camping. But anyway, so we were all excited and getting ready to go. And we started looking a few days in advance at the weather forecast and it was not looking great, like definite thunderstorms. And I don't know if you've been camping in the rain, but I am generally not a fan. I mean, if I had to camp with just adults in the rain in a tent, I think we could probably make it work. But to keep children in a tent, now granted, our tent is large, but still, you know, without wrecking everything, getting everything messy, I mean, it would be so hard because our kids are just still not at an age where we can just play games quietly, you know, the whole time or read books quietly the whole time. And it would just be so humid and nothing dries out. And so we were kind of like, oh, this isn't looking good. We should probably think of a plan B. And as the week progressed, the weather was looking worse and worse. And so we finally just said, you know what, we need to just say no to this one and let this opportunity pass. And instead, we decided to take the kids to the Wisconsin Dells, which I believe they say that they are the water park capital of the world, (laughs) which I think they are. They seriously have so many water parks. It's super fun. It really is. It's kind of like a little kitschy roll your eyes, you know, at it, but it's seriously so fun. So we went to the Great Wolf Lodge and we just stayed one night and had fun at the water park the day we got there. And then even after checkout, you can stay and play afterward. And so we played all day yesterday until it was time to come home. And the kids had such a fun time. My little six-year-old started really getting the hang of the water slides and had a ton of fun. And even my four-year-old, the last time we were there, she was two and wasn't really into anything, like was scared of all of it. And now she really likes swimming. And so she had a lot more fun. Didn't do a ton of slides, but but she did have a lot more fun too. And it was easier for my husband and I to kind of split up and keep everybody happy, which is definitely, definitely good. So I know they have Great Wolf Lodges in different areas of the country. So if you're thinking about doing it, I give it a thumbs up. A lot of people like going in the winter because they really warm it up in there and stuff. But whenever we've gone in the winter, we end up getting so cold. Like it's just chilly enough that unless you're really climbing the huge staircases up to the tops of the slides all the time, you really do get cold. Or even if you're just like standing there waiting for your turn, you get cold. So there was one time we went and my second son, he was so cold. He was, you know, blue and shivering. And my other guy didn't want to leave yet. And so <laughs> what I was doing, because the at that place, the kids weren't allowed in the hot tubs. So I was sitting in the hot tub and he was sitting on the side with his feet dangling in. And then I was watching the lifeguard pacing back and forth. And whenever the lifeguard would turn her back, I would like dunk him into his neck. And then as soon as, you know, she was turning back around to come back around, I lifted him up and sat him right on the edge of the hot tub again and just tried to warm him up that way with these little like 15 second (laughs) little spurts in the hot tub. But anyway, so we have decided that we like going for the most part to these water parks in the summertime. And then you can do the outside parks too, if it's warm enough, which it was this weekend. And there were some times where it didn't rain. And so we had a really fun time with all of that and just kind of rolled with it. But you know, one thing I wanted, the reason I'm telling you this is because I wanted to share something with you that I was thinking about today. And that is that this is sort of like one of those embarrassing little, you know, (laughs) 
things about yourself that you're not super proud of. That's what I'm about to tell you. So I am the kind of mom that sees all the other moms or pictures on Facebook of people doing these things. Like they're having so much fun and super energetic and want to run around with the kids. And my default way of thinking always for this kind of thing is like, uh, I wish they could just go play by themselves. I wish I didn't have to follow them around the whole time. And I think ultimately that is just kind of a bit of the introvert in me. Like I need time alone. Like I would love to have them go play and I can just sit there and read my book. Like that would be ideal. <laughs> I would love that. But that's also not a family vacation or a little family trip, right? The point is for us to spend time together. And so I have to really remind myself of that. I have to not be mad at myself for the way way that I automatically think. Um, One way that I sometimes get around this a little bit is by volunteering to do some of the things that other people don't want to do. For instance, yesterday, the kids wanted to go play, the water park was open, and we still needed to get a little bit more packed up and out of the room and the clothes that we needed to change into later, pulled out and set aside. So I just said to my husband, why don't you take the kids down there, go have fun, I'll get everything all organized. I'll check us out. I'll get the car packed up and then I'll meet you guys. And just having that time alone was what I needed. I needed to just not be around other people for a little while. And so that was one way that I get around that. And um, then when I'm going down there to the water park, I really had to think thoughts of this is fun. You're going to go do some fun things, focus on what's fun about it. Like I really had to encourage myself to find the joy, see the joy in the kids' faces. And this is the thing. Then I get on the water slides and I'm having a great time. It's super fun. (laughs) It's not like I'm not, honest to goodness, legitimately having fun. I am. It's just that leading into it, my default brain way of thinking is... Uh, <laughs> wish someone else could do it, you know, which is, which is so interesting that that's just how my brain wants to go to. So I have to remind myself, like, sometimes that's fine, right? Sometimes it is okay to let someone else do it. And then there's times where it's like, mm, but I think my future self would look back and regret not having spent some quality time with the kids while we were here, because that was the point in having fun together. And so actually, after I packed the car up and I met them down at the water park, in that time period while we were separated, my six-year-old got a taste for the water slides and totally could not stop, did not want to stop. I mean, riding, 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 riding. And so we did a number of them together because they have these inner tubes where two people can go at the same time. And we had so much fun together. It was such a fun thing to do together, him and me. And I was so glad that I really engaged, you know, really got in there, did what I was supposed to do. So if any of you have similar thoughts sometimes, especially on these summer vacations, we're going and doing things, especially that are a little more kid aimed, you know, focus on that a little bit. I don't want to encourage you to try doing that. Just going, okay, what do I really want to get out of this? When this trip is over, what is it that I'm wanting to think about it? There is a fly flying around here. So I hope you guys can't hear it. But if you can, my apologies. (laughs) Okay, today, I want to really talk to you about a topic that I can't believe we've had 30 episodes. And this is number 31. And I have not 
taught it to you yet because this is such a huge, huge thing. And I've heard from some of you in emails and comments on the website that you have some relationship issues and some questions about relationships. So that's what we're going to start talking about. Today, I'm going to introduce the basic coaching concept that I use when I coach my clients about their relationships. And then in future podcasts, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. I'm going to take some of the emails that I've gotten with specific examples. And there's some exceptions to this. I'm going to hash those out a little bit more for you in future podcasts. But today we're just going to start with the, the basic bare bones principles for relationships. So what we do as humans is we judge other people, right? <laughs> I learned this from Byron Katie. Humans judge. It's what we do. And it's not always a bad thing. We're making judgments all day long, every day. Is this a safe thing to do or is it not a safe thing to do? You know, is this a good idea or a bad idea? (laughs) Does this seem like something I should do or not? Like we're constantly assessing and determining what we think about the situation, what's going on. And that is also judging, right? When we use the word judge, we oftentimes are using it more like it's a negative, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. It just means that we are making decisions on how we decide we want to think about something. But so because that's so ingrained in us, and that's just who we are as humans, we by default judge other people who are in our lives as well. So we're always making qualifications on whether what they're doing or not doing is good or bad, what they're saying or not saying, if that's good or bad, how they're living their lives. You know, we are always having thoughts about what they're doing. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, except for when they don't do what we think they should or shouldn't do. (laughs) So we're going to get into that as we go along here. But I just want to mention that, that if you are feeling like you judge a lot, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not like something's wrong with you or you're defective in some way. It just means that you haven't quite learned how to rein that strength in, right? We learned about strengths before. Like if you are really good at judging people and judging things, sometimes the strength can get out of hand and it's time to just turn that back around a little bit and not be so, you know, aggressively judgmental of other people. But what I always think is so funny too is like, when we're like, God, she is just so judgmental. Did you notice how she was judging those people? (laughs) Right? We're like judging the person for being judgmental. I love that. I think the irony there is just hilarious, right? (laughs) Like that person's just despicable because they're so judgmental. Like, yeah, but what are we doing right now? So the name of this coaching tool is called the manual and it's manual, a manual like a user manual or an instruction manual for say an appliance or a computer or something that you buy. And when you think about one of those user manuals or instruction manuals, when you go in there and start flipping through the pages, what does it tell you? It tells you all the things that you should do and all the things that you shouldn't do, right? You shouldn't drop your plugged in hairdryer into the tub, right? They're very clear about that, letting us know we shouldn't do that. How to best take care of it, how to keep it in optimal working order. So it is a whole list of things that you should or shouldn't do. So we as humans 
tend to have a list of similar rules for the people that are in our lives. And we call that a manual, all the things that people in our lives should do or shouldn't do. And here's the caveat, if they don't do it, or they don't do what we think they should do, then we get to make it mean that we can be upset, we can be mad or frustrated or disappointed, or irritated. So we think they should do something, they don't do it, we get to be mad. This is kind of how it's all set up. And the best part about a manual, (laughs) the best in quotes, is that we typically don't tell the other people what our manual is. So not only do they need to do or not do what we think they should or shouldn't do in order for us to be happy, we don't even tell them. We let it be a guessing game and let them just have to try to figure it out. (laughs) Why is she mad? I don't know. Probably something I said or did that she didn't like, but she wouldn't ever tell me. So how would I even know? And so we do this all the time, right? We give people the silent treatment or, you know, we tend to typically frequently do this with our spouses because, you know, or if you have a significant other or partner, because we don't think that we should have to tell them, right? Like I shouldn't have to tell him that he should buy me present on my birthday. I shouldn't have to tell him what to get me. He should just know. That's the manual. And then when he doesn't get you a gift or he doesn't get you what you wanted, you get to make that mean that you get to be mad. So that manual doesn't really work out very well for you there because of your thinking about it, right? Your thinking is, I shouldn't have to tell him. (laughs) So you're asking him to read your mind. And when he isn't able to do that, then you get to be mad. But what you think needs to happen is for him to just read your mind and just to know, because you've got that kind of connection, you know, (laughs) he just knows and knows exactly what you would love. So we have manuals for every single person we interact with, okay? This isn't even necessarily just the people that we're really close with. But we do, of course, have them for the people that we live with, our extended family members, the people that we work with. And this is people who are below us and above us and parallel with us. The people who are around us when we're driving, when we're standing in line, our patients. Of course, we have a manual for our patients, right? Our manual for our patients is that they should do what we tell them to do. (laughs) We tell them to stop smoking, they should, right? (laughs) We tell them to take their medication, they should do that. They should not disregard our advice and then be mad at us because they don't feel better, right? They should do what we say. So, and then the list goes on and on, really, every single person we interact with. So if you think about it, right, like the people around us when we're driving, our manual for them is they should follow the rules of the road, what the laws are. They shouldn't tailgate us. They should use their signal when they're changing lanes or when they're going to exit. They should not flip you the bird when they get mad at you, you know, when people are in line, we think that they should give us ample space, right? Personal space. So they're not right up in our grill. They shouldn't be, you know, impatient with us when it's our turn. They should wait patiently in line behind us. They shouldn't cut in line around us. You know, so you can think about that. I mean, every person that you interact with, if you have someone who cleans your house or, mows your grass or anything like that, right? You have these requests on how they should do things and they may or may not do them. 
So there's a few exceptions in here based on what we're going to talk about today. I just want to make that clear right now. And I will address these in a, in a future podcast. But some of the exceptions are when we are dealing with employees and children that we are in charge of. Okay. So like when I just said the cleaning lady, you know, she's my employee, then of course we're, I'm going to have expectations for her and that'll be a little bit different. But like, for instance, if I tell, if I always think, I wish you would just wipe down the top of the fridge, but I never, ever say that to her. And then the next time she comes to clean and leaves, I look at the top of the fridge and she didn't wipe it down. And then I'm just fuming inside, just so angry at her because she should just know, right? She should just know that she should be wiping down the top of the fridge right? That's my manual for her. Now it's different if I go to her and say, Hey, look, my friend, my employee, I love the work that you do in my house, but there's one thing that you're missing that I would love for you to do every week. And that would be wiping down the top of the refrigerator. And she says, okay, sure. I could do that. And then she continually doesn't do it. That's totally different because she's your employee. So I will address all of that in a future podcast. So I just wanted to mention how that's a little bit different, but anytime there's somebody who's not a child that we're in charge of and not our employee, and we think they should or shouldn't do something, say or not say something or act a certain way or not act that way, that is our manual for them. So here's a good example. I might have in my manual for my husband, because we all have manuals for our spouses, that he should take out the trash when it's full. You know, I might think that this is totally reasonable. And maybe in the past, like maybe even years ago, we discussed division of labor and he decided, yeah, you know, I will, I'll be the trash person. I'll, I'll deal with it. And trash can is heaping. It's overflowing in the house and he doesn't take it out. So the next morning I come downstairs and I open up the trash drawer and it's completely full. You can't fit one more thing in. Most of us will start getting mad, right? Because right away we're thinking, yeah, but it's his job. He's supposed to take out the trash. Why doesn't he take out the trash when it's full? That's my manual for him. My manual is when the trash is full, he should notice. He should be checking all the time (laughs) and take it out when it's full. So then I always have the ability to throw something away when I want to. So a little bit of that emotional childhood that we've talked about in the past, right? Like I'm entitled to it. Like I get to blame him if he doesn't do it. So I get to be super mad at him if he doesn't take out the trash. And then we oftentimes start making the fact that he didn't take out the trash mean all kinds of other things. Like he doesn't care about me or our family. He's lazy. He totally just doesn't do what he's supposed to do. He doesn't contribute to the household. Am I really supposed to do everything around here? The one thing you're supposed to do, can you just handle that? Right? You see where this is going. You know what I'm talking about, right? All of a sudden, you're making it mean all of these things that are just a story you're creating in your head. You know, you're not taking the time to really think, well, I wonder why he didn't take it out. Maybe he wasn't feeling well last night. Maybe he was totally exhausted and fell asleep before he had a chance to do it. Maybe he's planning on taking it out as he goes off to work today because it was raining last night and he didn't want to go out in the rain. You know, I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt at all. I'm totally just using the fact that he didn't take out the trash, my manual, him violating my manual. I'm allowing that to mean all kinds of things that don't have to mean that at all. 
And so instead of giving him the benefit of the doubt and just asking him or saying, hey, do you think you could grab the trash? Or is there a reason you didn't take the trash out last night? I noticed that's full. I'm just allowing myself to fume. So then he comes downstairs, right? And he's like, good morning. I'm like, mm. <laughs> which by the way, I don't think I've actually ever done this. I'm just using this as a hypothetical, right? But he's like, what's the matter? I'm like, nothing, right? Totally going into victim mentality, making him the villain and totally just going into emotional childhood there. Like he should just know that he's supposed to take the trash out and he should know why I'm mad. And that is not the kind of relationship that we want to have at all. What I always find so interesting is, you know, we have these really high expectations for our spouses or other people in the house. I know I do at times too. I'm always having to catch myself on this. And we act as though we're perfect when I am so far from perfect. I mean, my job, one of my jobs is the laundry. I just kind of had enough things ruined that I was like, you know what? I will just do it. (laughs) It's totally fine. I'll do all of it. Please let me do it. But then there's times when the kids or my husband are looking for something and I haven't washed it or it's been sitting in the dryer for days and I just haven't gotten around to folding it, putting it away yet, right? So I expect others, I hold them to this extremely high standard and expect them to always be perfect when I am not being perfect all the time. So it's so interesting how we turn our judgments on ourselves outward onto other people. Here's another example that is a really good one. So Maybe I have a man in my manual that my mom shouldn't make comments about what I eat and how I should lose some weight. That This might apply to some of you where your mom is always or very frequently making little snide remarks about what you should be doing. And I found this new diet. And did you know that this girl that you grew up with, she just lost 50 pounds and she looks so great and you should lose some weight too. And always making those, those comments to you right? If your manual is that she shouldn't do that, yet that's what she does, then every single time she does what she does, which is make comments about what you should eat and how you should lose some weight, then you get to be mad, right? It doesn't matter that you haven't really said much to your mom, you know, or you haven't told her, hey, could you please stop commenting on my food and how I need to lose some weight? I'm well aware of that. I'm working on it. Please let me handle this. I love you, (laughs) right? We haven't said that at all. We just think that Decent human beings should know that they shouldn't do that and she should stop. She shouldn't do that. So then every time she does it, I let that mean that she's mean, doesn't care about me, doesn't love me. Why can't I have a mom like other people, a mom that's super supportive and loving, you know, like we turn that into like, well, if she would just watch my kids for me sometimes, then maybe I could go actually figure out how to lose some weight or go exercise or something like that, right? We turn it into this full-blown story and we're just seething inside because of this manual that we have created. So you can see how you create that for yourself. Like your mom, that's what she does, right? Like she makes comments about what you eat. That's reality, right? She tells you that you should lose some weight, even though you know that. That's reality, right? And what you're doing when you think she shouldn't do that and you don't tell her is that you're fighting against reality. And that's what Byron Katie always says. She says, when you argue against reality, you're, you'll always lose, but only 100% of the time, right? So, so even if you go to your mom and say, hey, look, mom, I would really, really love for you to just take a break from commenting on what I eat and how I should lose some weight. I am totally aware. I am working on it. I just would love it if you would stop making those comments. You could go to her and say that, right? 
And she might be like, oh, okay, don't be so sensitive. I'm just joking with you. I just care about you, you know, or something like that. Or she might go, oh, okay, I'm sorry. All right. And then keep doing it. <laughs> right. So you, a lot of us will get really, really mad about that. Right. We'll just be like, mom, oh my God, like, why won't she stop? I'm just going to have to not talk to her anymore. That's usually a solution is distance versus just not making what she does and how she acts mean anything. Then that's how my mom rolls. She likes to make comments about what I eat. I don't make it mean anything. That's her viewpoint. It's fine. I know what I'm doing for myself and I know that I should lose some weight and I'm working on it. Oftentimes we get so mad over something like that because we are mad at ourselves. You know, we're mad at our moms for making those comments, but really we're mad at ourselves because we're not eating what we know we should eat and we're not losing weight like we know that we should be doing. It's so interesting how we project our thoughts and feelings about ourselves onto other people. It's so, so interesting. So we're going to get into this even more. But so the other thing I want you to know about with the manual is what it's like to be on the receiving end of someone's manual, because that doesn't feel good either. So when you're thinking about your husband, you know, like your husband or your spouse or your partner has a manual for you too. I mean, we all have these manuals, okay, right? They expect us to do certain things too. Now, their manual might not be as thick as ours is in terms of numbers of things that are in it, but they have it for us as well. So I'm going to give you an example of what it can be like to be on the receiving end of someone else's manual. So say you have this friend and she is just this old, old friend that you've known for so many years and you just adore her. She's just the coolest so much fun. And you're not always in super close contact with her. But when you are, you just pick right back up again, right where you left off. And it's always so fun. And you just thoroughly enjoy her. She's just such a delight to have in your life. And one thing you know about her is that she just loves her birthday. You know how there's people like that, right? Like they just adore their birthday. Some of us don't really care too much about it. But this friend, she is just super into her birthday, always has a huge party, is just super into it. And you know that it's very important to her that all of her closest friends call her on her birthday. She's made this very clear in the past. And so you know that you need to call her on your on her birthday. So this year, her birthday's coming up and you notice that it's on the calendar and you think, okay, that day I got to make sure that I give her a call. You have full intentions of giving her a call and wishing her a happy birthday. And that day comes and your day just does not get off on the best foot. You have a whole bunch of emergencies at work. You were running, 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 running from one thing to the next. So then you're thinking, okay, that's totally cool. I'll just call her tonight. It's no big deal. I'll call her when I get home. And once you get home, you realize the basement flooded and you spend through midnight, cleaning it up, (laughs) figuring it all out, dealing with this mess and this emergency. And at midnight, you just collapse in your bed, exhausted and fall asleep. And you didn't call her because it just slipped your mind with everything that went on that day. So you wake up the next morning and you realize, oh no, I didn't call her. She's going to be so upset. But you know what? Like, listen to the story. I mean, you can't even make this stuff up. I am sure she will forgive me after the day I had. So you give her a call 
and you're like, hey, my friend, happy birthday. I'm so sorry I didn't call you yesterday. I want you to know I was thinking about you all day, but listen to this day that I had. All this stuff happened at work. And then I got home and the basement was flooded and it was just a disaster. And by the time I was even at any stopping point, it was so late and I just totally fell asleep. And so I'm so sorry, but I just wanted you to know I was thinking of you and here I am today calling you and just wishing you a happy birthday. And so you're kind of expecting her to be like, oh my gosh, it's okay. Like no big deal. I understand. It's totally fine. Right. But instead she's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I really thought we were better friends than this. I mean, how many years have we been friends? You know how important it is to me that you call me on my birthday and you couldn't even find a second while you were driving home or on your way to work to just give me a call. I mean, I just don't get it. Like, I don't understand how you just don't respect our friendship and relationship enough to give me a call. And so then you're kind of taken aback and you're just like, whoa, that was not the response I expected. <laughs> right. And your, your response is kind of like, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, maybe I didn't fully explain what happened. I literally did not have a moment to call you. I was thinking about you. I wanted to call you. It just was not possible. I'm a little puzzled as to why you're upset with me right now because I'm apologizing and I really don't see how it could have been any different. And she's like, yeah, I don't really think I accept your apology because all the people who really care about me and are really my close friends, they all make sure that they call me on my birthday, right? Like think about that. And then you, when you're hanging up, right? Like what feeling are you having? You're not feeling love for your friend. You're not feeling connection, right? You're feeling resentful. You're feeling deprived of the experience that you maybe thought you're going to have having this nice conversation with your friend, feeling disappointed that she's upset with you, right? That's what it's like to be on the receiving end of someone's manual. When someone else just expects you to act a certain way and you either don't want to, or you aren't able to, and then they get mad at you and you're like, okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know what else you, you know, you wanted me to do. I don't know how to make this better. So say that was your conversation with your friend. And then the next year rolls around and you know, her birthday's coming up. Like you're going to call her, right? You're going to make sure that you don't mess up this time. But when you're doing it, when you're calling her and the phone's ringing, you're not all excited and feeling super loving to your friend, right? You sort of feel like you're punching the time clock. Like, well, I better call her. She's going to be totally mad at me. I want to go through that again, right? Like it's kind of begrudging, like you're sort of being forced to do it. And that's so different (laughs) than when you're just genuinely wanting to do it, right? So say your friend then finds life coaching and learns about the manual and calls you up and goes, look, I just learned about the manual. I realized I had this huge manual for everyone in my life in regards to my birthday that they should call me on my birthday. And I've seen the error in my ways. And I want you to know that I'm still going to celebrate my birthday and I'm still going to have a big party, but I'm no longer expecting my friends to call me on my birthday. I just realized how controlling that is and how I was using that as a way to get mad at people and just creating my own misery for myself. So I just want you to know that. And you're like, oh, wow, that's really amazing. That's so great. Okay. Thanks for letting me know. 
Well, you know, the next year when her birthday rolls around, you might be like, you know what? I know I don't have to call her, but I'm going to call her just because I know she loves it. And I know it's going to really, really make her day right? It's totally different, right? When you want to do it, you're doing it because you feel love for the person because you genuinely want to do it, right? Like it feels so different and so much better than when you're feeling controlled and someone's forcing you to do something, whether you want to do it or not. So remember that, like we all hate being controlled, yet we want to control everyone around us. We hate it when our moms or in-laws or whoever try to control us and tell us what to do all the time. And then at the same time, we turn around and try to control everybody else and all those same people who are trying to control us. So all of us are just, you know, pushing up against each other, trying to control each other rather than focusing on controlling the one person that we actually are able to control. And that person is, ding, 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 you got it, you. We can only control ourselves. So rather than spending all this time trying to control all the other people in our lives, how about we spend that effort and energy on controlling ourselves, staying with our eating plan, not eating off plan, not grabbing little things here and there and eating them because we think we should or to reward ourselves or to neutralize our negative emotions, right? We really focus on controlling ourselves. That's when we start creating the life that we want, creating the results that we want. So how do you start to learn what your manuals are for other people, right? Since we know we have them, how do we start figuring them out? I think a great way to do this is to do a thought download on the person. So you could do it for your spouse, for instance, you could say, these are all the things that he or she should do or shouldn't do, right? All the things that they, how they should act, how they shouldn't act, what they should say, what they shouldn't say, all those things, write them all out and then take a look at those and see which ones are totally ridiculous. Because <laughs> there for sure are going to be ones on there where you're like, okay, like, there's no human being in the world who could live up to all these expectations. And then you can start deciding, you know what, I'm just not going to have that expectation for that person anymore. I'm just going to let that one go. And you can start working on getting rid of them and getting rid of them. Then when you're when you're just living your life, you'll notice when you're aware of your thinking, oh, that's my manual. So for instance, with the garbage example, right? If I open up the garbage drawer and I see that the garbage is really full and it hasn't been taken out, you know, my my immediate thought might be like, are you kidding me? Come on, take out the garbage or something like that. But then I can catch that with awareness and go like, ah, look at that. See, that is my manual for him. Here's my manual playing out. Like it's also just as easy for me to just quick take the bag out and even just stick it outside the door and put, throw a new bag in. And then whoever goes out the door next can take it out to the trash. It's not a big deal. It doesn't have to be a big deal. I don't have to make it into it meaning all these things about him not caring about me or our family or any of those things or that he's lazy. It doesn't have to mean any of that. And so that really just starts really, really diffusing all of those judgments that you have. Just realizing like that isn't something that I really want to have. That judgment doesn't really help. Now, I might still have a thought that he should take the garbage out. It's totally fine, right? If we've made an agreement, he handles the garbage, I do the laundry. 
right? Like I can still have that expectation that he takes the garbage out. The difference here is that when he doesn't do it, I don't turn it into something negative. I don't decide to think about it in a way that makes me feel negative emotion. That is the difference here. Okay. Because you can have tons of expectations for people. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's just what you make it mean when they don't live up to those expectations. Now, again, we're going to touch base on kids and employees later, because I can see some of you probably going like, well, wait a minute. Like if I have expectations for my employee and they don't follow, live up to that, they don't follow um, those expectations. That's a little different. It totally is different. So I'll touch on that in the next one. So I want you to really start thinking about that. I want you to start deciding which parts of your manual are you just going to let go? They just have no upside to keeping and really thoughtfully and deliberately decide why you want to keep the ones that you do want to keep. And let me know how this is going. If you guys have questions, if you have comments about this, if you want to tell me how well this is working, because this has seriously changed the lives of so many of my clients in my coaching groups right now. I mean, seriously, the relationships are improving right and left over there. So good. So I know when you guys start applying this, it's going to make a big difference for you. So you can leave me some comments over at the show notes page for this episode, which you can find at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash 31. And let me know what you're thinking or if you have any other questions. And I just want to put a little shout out out there again. I haven't asked you guys in a little while, but I have so many more listeners than I had in the beginning. If you are liking this podcast, and I know so many of you are because I get comments from you all the time through Facebook or on the show notes page for the website for the podcast, please, please, please leave me a review on iTunes. And the way to, best, easiest way to do that is just open iTunes on your computer and search for weight loss for busy physicians then click on the ratings and reviews tab and leave yours. And you can even enter a little pseudonym if you don't want your real name listed there. I have had a couple of people tell me they wanted to leave a review, but they didn't want their real name listed on there. So please feel free to leave a little nickname for yourself or just type anonymous or something like that. And if you need more help leaving a rating and review, then go to the show notes page for this episode and scroll down to the links. And there are some instructions there. A lot of people struggle with the iTunes app. It is possible to leave a rating and review on there, but it is not super easy. So if you want those instructions, just go to the show notes page and look for that. And as another little side note for you Android users, I am now officially on Google Play. So if that is something that you are interested in using or would rather use to listen to this podcast, go into Google Play and search for Weight Loss for Busy Physicians and you should find this podcast right in there. Okay. All right, my friend, have a wonderful, wonderful week and I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on Weight Loss for Busy Physicians. Now, take the next step and go to KatrinaUbellMD.com to download just what you need. Join us again next week for more support to keep you in control and on the path to freedom around food.